0: Well, hello, my friends, and my companions, or my enemies, or family, or whoever you might, you know, consider yourself to be. Um, this video, I'm Josh, by the way, or Carpo, and for those who have not seen my channel before, I figure I should introduce myself. I'm a rather well-balanced individual in my eyes. I try not to be biased too far one direction, though I have feelings and emotions and I'm a normal human being. And the reason I'm making this video is because there have been a lot of discussions recently about Portland as being this hub of Antifa, and uh, that it's this liberal city, this horrible place that needs to be changed. And I wanted to address some issues that have been overlooked or forgotten in the annals of time. Now, we all hate fascism, right? Nobody likes a fascist state. However, there's a group who call themselves Antifa, who I've had several discussions with different people about. And many people I know believe that Antifa is an organization, and I've had debates with them saying they're not an organization, they're an idea. And both are correct in the way that Antifa does not have a member roster or membership dues or anything like that. It's a loose collective of individuals who do not like fascism, do not like racism, but it's much more complicated than that, and it has deep roots that go back to the European Black Bloc. The European Black Bloc is a fascist, anti-fascist group in Europe that has been fighting for decades. But um, the the real point I wanted to make here, I'm not defending Antifa by any means, and I think this is the misunderstanding. I had a friend who texted me earlier that you know, something along the lines of, you know, well, you didn't say anything when the people were looting and burning and Antifa was destroying buildings during the summer. And I've had several subscribers say this too. So I thought it was important to address this issue. And to make it clear, I'm actually doing a live cast about this in about an hour, which is why I'm making this first. Maybe it won't be uploaded in time. Maybe it will. But In nine, You know, I grew up in Portland. I've lived here my whole life. Now, I wanted to start off by 1985. Portlandia, a big, awkward, but beautiful copper statue comes into Portland. And it's mounted on a building. And it's considered this kind of saving grace. Like a new beginning for Portland. At the time, Portland was gripped with extreme problems in the city. I mean... For those who think times are bad right now, really this is just kind of a resurgence of the bad times. And I know a lot of younger people, especially those in their 30s or 20s, who didn't grow up in Portland in those times, don't realize how fucked up it really was. Now, when I was a teenager and, you know, say 14 and up, I would take the TriMet, which was the Metropolitan Transit, down to Portland, and I would hang out in the mall You could buy anything you wanted, any drug. There was nobody looking out. There were people going on every corner. There was acid everywhere. But one of the most prominent features, one that people don't realize, is skinheads. We had skinheads on every fucking corner in Portland. And I'm not kidding. I walked through that city and they were everywhere. Totally clad in leather, as people make fun of liberals and call them blue hairs, the funny thing was the original blue hairs were the hardcore right-wingers or straight-edge or any several subgenres or groups within this group. But the one thing that they haven't had in common was the fact that they were considered themselves white supremacists. And there were lots of people like this. They carried baseball bats, pipes chains, clubs, through Portland, it was a well-known phenomenon. You had to watch your ass. And I'm no stranger to this. Not only them, but there were gangs everywhere. When I was about 16 years old, I hung out with these people who thought they were cool, so they hung out with these Crips in Portland. No shit, back in the Bloods and Crips days. And they dressed in all blue, and their crew did. So I went to hang out with them and their crew. We dressed in all blue, and we got down to Portland. We were hanging out, walking on some back roads, some bad parts of Portland. Seriously, in North Portland, we got confronted by a gang of Bloods. And they were threatening to kill us. We somehow got into this apartment building. Somebody let us into this locked door and buzzed us in. And we were hiding on the other side. They were pounding, trying to break through. It was a weird, awkward moment. It was an epiphany for me that I don't want to be involved in this bullshit. Do I care? Neither one of these groups have any real... (sighs) Neither one of them are right. Therefore, why did I even dress like this? I'm just being an idiot. I was young and dumb. And today I can reflect on the Proud Boys and Antifa is exactly the same way. They're direct opposition. They're looking for a fight. They're looking for an argument. So um, back in the 80s, there were hookers, gangs, crime everywhere in Portland. But I mean, mean, back there, a house in the Laurelhurst neighborhood in Portland cost about 80 grand. And I looked them up earlier <laughs> just just for this video. I was like, I wonder how much they cost now. Let's see. Laurelhurst real estate. We've got them for Point being that these houses have amplified 10 times the original value in some of these shitty neighborhoods. And um, a lot went on in the 80s, a lot of change, a lot of growth of the value of property. And during this time, Groups arose to fight this type of racist bullshit. Now, in 1988, it all culminated with the skinheads killing an Ethiopian graduate who lived here in Portland. And uh, the name was Mulugeta um, Sarah. I think that's what it was. Mulugeta was murdered by this group of the the war which was the white Aryan resistance. Now, after this, it became a big issue in Portland. And uh, Tom Metzger, (laughs) which there's a park called Metzger Park in Portland. um, Tom Metzger was considered the leader, and he was charged. They were actually sued, and I believe they lost. But they had instigated this violence against this... Ethiopian graduate who was just living here, there was a lot of racist hate back in the 80s, okay? And, you know, it really kind of faded away for a while after that. We had drug gangs, we had, uh, or sorry, we had uh, a drug force task forces with the police, we had gang task forces, and uh, even people who think that I don't support the cops. I do. Oh, I know we need police. Believe me. Um, uh, The types of... Portland did a really good job confronting this. But then something happened a a couple of years ago. A guy named Jeremy Christian was on a MAX train. MAX is our local rapid transit, our light rail system. It's called MAX. And he was on the MAX and he was harassing A Muslim girl that was wearing a hijab and he was going off on her saying that you know you don't belong in this country you know you're all terrorists whatever his bullshit racist crap was well two guys stood up and tried to protect her because he was coming at her well he stabbed both of the guys and they both died I'm not sure I believe a third might have been hurt but that kind of reopened this bullshit racism in Portland It wasn't too much longer before Antifa or groups like that started rising up even more against these people. Um, Now, here's the thing. Everyone feels marginalized, on the left and the right. Whites and blacks, everybody feels marginalized. I don't support crime or destruction against property. I don't support person-on-person crimes. But when people start comparing you know, red to blue. When I start seeing what's going on in Portland during the summer, I finally realized these people have gone too far. They should not be wasting our resources and harassing the cops unless they know what they're asking for. And that's exactly the same way I feel about the Proud Boys. So, in other words, back in the 80s, we had a serious Nazi problem. We created an anti-fascist bloc, Antifa, that was based on the European Black Bloc. Then, in recent days, when Antifa was rising against violence from police, they took it too far. So, Proud Boys groups started taking over. Now, the Proud Boys, I believe, formed only in 2017, 16 or 17. They've only been around four or five years. Antifa as in the Portland Antifa, has only been around since 2007. So it's been like 13, 14 years, not very long. And um, in 1999, some of these groups partook in the Battle of Seattle. This was before Antifa formed. Battle of Se- for Seattle was fight against globalism. And if you look back to what happened in New York, during, you know, uh, 2008 and the financial crisis, there were people literally camping out in tents for months to expose the corruption of the system, but everyone treated them like idiots. So what I'm trying to say is that the people on the left aren't always out to get others, aren't always out to harm people, aren't always out to destroy property. It's just that when people aren't listened to for a very long time, they get angry. And this is what I believe has happened with the extreme right and with Trumpism and with what happened at the Capitol the other day. Do I think that all these people are, you know, all these people are racists or haters? No, I do not. I think that there are a lot of angry people and I know how a crowd can get rowdy. I know how people can take their aggressions out on the government because they're angry about their own lives. But often it is the government's fault that our own lives are fucked. So what happens when we come together as a society instead of arguing? Well, I'll get to that at the end. <laughs> you know, Portland has a long history with racism. Uh, we In 1922, the chief of police, there's a picture of the Chief of Police of Portland posing with the KKK. OK We had the most concentration camps of anywhere on the West Coast. You might be thinking, concentration camps? Yes. During World War II, when we were afraid of the Japanese, we actually imprisoned American Japanese, not just those who had moved here, but the people who were born here. Japanese Americans put into internment camps because we were afraid they might be spies for Japan. It was a really fucked up time, one that's just you know, palmed by America, but it's one that has to be remembered. It really has to be remembered. And, um, you know, <laughs> as far as these modern groups and the modern chaos that's going on, i just like to put put out this. It seems like it's total chaos out there to a lot of people. This is really nothing new. We have had civil rights marches that ended in bloodshed, we've had people protesting for fair wages, we've had women protesting the suffrage movement, trying to get a vote. Um, It has been a long, hard battle for our ancestors. We have no idea. What we've got to do is just kind of laugh it off, move forward, and become adults about this. But. It's really hard when people on the extremists on both sides are complete morons. Now, since Antifa doesn't have any lead members or any people who claim to be really lead members, I can't really say anything about their leaders. Some of them seem to be complete morons. Uh, They don't really have anything, any plan. You know, if I was a leader of a group that was complete Calling myself an anti-fascist group, I would have a new political plan in place. Instead of just being douchebags and breaking windows, the people in Portland, who have been breaking out business windows, or Jewish businesses because they don't agree with, with you know Israel's Palestinian policies, which I don't either. But this isn't Israel. This is America. You got to treat each other with respect. Stop destroying fucking businesses. If you're out there in a black hood burning shit and destroying and breaking windows, you're a piece of shit. You're an idiot. And you're making everybody look bad. Right? But if you're also, if you're marching with an American flag into the Capitol and destroying property and stealing shit, you're also making the other side look bad. And all of this makes us all look bad. I had somebody send me a link to a book the other day that was written by Andy Ngo or Ngo. I never know how to pronounce his name, but he's considered the leader of the Proud Boys out here where I live. I live in Vancouver, Washington, across the bridge from Vancouver, from Portland. He lives over here too, I believe. I've never talked with him directly, but I've actually considered interviewing him. If anybody knows the guy and you're willing to send him a link to this or ask him to interview, I'd love to do a live interview with the guy. Honestly, from what I know, he's rubbed me the wrong way. But <laughs> a friend of mine sent me a link to a book, and I said, how is it? He hadn't read it yet. It hasn't even come out, he said. I went to Amazon today, and I got, that was the first thing that popped up, his book. It was how Antifa is going to destroy democracy, something to that line. And I was like, okay, who, is, who wrote it? Andy Ngo. And I was like, let me just put it this way. Andy himself, as an individual, on his Twitter account, posted a picture of my son, my 25-year-old son, who I went to Portland with, with my camera, and to document what was going on. This was, I think, what, July 2nd or something. Before, when the whole thing started, maybe June 2nd, I don't even recall now. Um, I went to film it. We were standing up for, against police brutality, of course, but we weren't harming anyone. That night, he got tackled by the cops. It was a weird moment. I ran like hell. I know how cops can act. I've been treated by shit, you know, like shit by cops in my life. And I thought, all right, I'm not going to get my ass arrested. I didn't know what happened until he came home and said, yeah, they tackled me. They said, you fucking left-wing piece of shit, or you, you know, Antifa piece of shit, whatever they called him. And they took him to jail, booked him, he got out. The next day, Andy Ngo, the guy who posted the same book my friend sent me, had actually posted a picture of my son on his Twitter account in a list of Antifa members. And I just want want to say that because it's really important to realize I have personal experience with this one individual who posted my son as an Antifa member. My son is the coolest, most relaxed, hippie-type dude. He's the most caring, compassionate, cool guy I could have possibly raised, right? Biased, because it's my son. But um, he's a really good guy. He means well. He's a kind soul. And for somebody to post that, I want you to realize why this is important. This guy who is a proud boy, supposedly, posts a picture of my son on a website claiming he is the enemy of the state. What if somebody looked up his name and address and came to my house and decided to kill my son because they thought that he was Antifa or an enemy? I thought about that and it pissed me off. So fuck you, Andy. If you want to be interviewed, I'm all over it, but that was bullshit. But I am also understanding. People don't always act according to their best interests, nor others. They're just doing the best they can. They think they're preserving some sort of sanity. There's a fine line between sharing the truth and sharing what makes ad revenue. And that's a hard thing to determine in today's world. Social media has radicalized people to no end. So. Both sides are trying to make a point. They're screaming at each other. And neither side is heard because of that. And um, so, you know, what is it that gets a membership? It's take a side and then divide. Divide and conquer has been a tool of the elite from the beginning. And propaganda and lies have been the thing that have convinced people that the neighbor is the enemy. That their friends are the enemy. My God... The words demon rats, the fact that that even exists, is just a facepalm in itself. And living in a world where we have to get along, how can you think that a nation can discount half of the nation? I would never do that to all Republicans. And I'd like to make it clear, I say that because I lean left, but I'm no Biden supporter. I have no celebration plan for his inauguration. I think all politics are dooming us the way that we handle them. But over the last couple decades, or decade, I'd say, let's say half a decade, I've come to realize how important these systems is are, these social institutions, and learning how they operate can do immense satisfaction to helping us understand how other people think and why these systems are the way they are. Even a couple of years ago, The Electoral College, it's something that some people say, we need it. Others say, no, it's bullshit. We have to really talk about these problems and try to come to terms with it. But bloodshed in the 21st century, fighting in the streets, trying to harm each other physically, it's just uncalled for. It's not just unconstitutional. It's unreasonable. It's disrespectful, and it's playing into the hands of the elite. The people that both sides are angry with are getting away with literal murder by letting people murder each other. Can you imagine if we realized that it wasn't about race? That a a racially pure nation means nothing in America? but also that you're never going to stop a feeling of racism or a feeling that people need to separate into groups. It's an unpopular opinion to say that people like to stay within their own groups, but it's true. And coming together means we have to admit that, but we can't force it on each other. Anyhow, I hope I've covered enough. I'm going to be doing a live cast of this shortly, and maybe I'll leave it up, maybe I won't. But uh, thanks for listening. I appreciate your time.